Hey, Cask Chasers, we'll start the show in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. Haida, I want to talk to you about whiskey. Please talk to me about whiskey. But not just any whiskey. I want to talk to you about single malt Welsh whiskey. Mm. But not just any distillery. I'm talking about Pendaren Distillery. Okay. And they don't have just any team to make their whiskey. Mm. They have an all-female distilling and blending team. I like what I'm hearing. Right? Laura, Bethan, and Ista, three women in charge of producing that whiskey. That is wholly unique within the whiskey industry, at least in the UK. That sounds pretty rad. It's pretty rad. What's even radder, if that's a word, is their whiskeys are delicious. I can make a wonderful highball for you, and you wouldn't even know there's whiskey in there. You'd just say, oh, this is bright and fruity and berry-like. Really? Really, really. Okay. You want to do it now? Sure. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Do you want to say something about the Cast Chasers podcast? You're a proud sponsor of the Cask Chasers podcast? Yes. Yeah. Hey guys, this is Aaron. This is Bobby. Pour a dram and settle in. This is the Cask Chasers podcast. What's up, man? Nothing, just hanging out, thinking about life, pondering existence. Is this going to be another one of those philosophical episodes? Have we had any philosophical episodes? Is that a thing that we have? Not that we put oh, okay. out to the well, public. Good, because that's not what I'm trying to put out to the public. What's this about? What are we? What are we doing here? Well, so we've had we've had a good number of new listeners uh, come on uh, recently. Uh, in part because of, uh, you know, the that episode that we had with Sam Hewen, and he's kind of a big deal, and he's got a real real following. One thing that I heard from a lot of uh, those listeners is, hey, you know, I've been really wanting to get into whiskey, or I've been into whiskey for a while, where do I start, et cetera, et cetera. And we sort of collectively with Katie decided, you know, maybe we start with some terms that people are going are gonna to hear. There, there's all these different sort of slang terms, if you will, and I, not, not not all of these are necessarily going to be slang. You'll hear some terms that are you don't really know what they mean. You know, I, the first think, time you read them or hear or hear them. I think one of the issues with entering the whiskey world, and and first and foremost, thank you for the new newcomers to Cast Chasers and the whiskey world in general. Oh lot, yeah, absolutely. A lot of people we've met um, were fans of that show, fans of Sam, and just parallel to whatever that was part of that group and we're just new whiskey people and it made me think you know there's a lot of terminology we use listening back to previous episodes having conversations with people in this world that we use that are kind of um that are kind of um esoteric yeah Yeah. um and i think yeah i think we should chisel down a little bit and and go from there. Oh, absolutely. Well, and and I, I so we we did we did another 
episode where Katie sort of had us uh, pull terms out of a hat and all that. And a lot of those, I think, were industry focused. Yeah. And this some of the, some of these will be a little a part bit. Part two, I yeah, guess. Almost like, almost like a part two. That one was called Back to Basics. I'm not sure what episode number it was. So I'd recommend going back and listening to that one um, a little more. And we'll keep doing this, I think, throughout. But um, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think so. So what do you want to rattle off some... How we? How do you want to do this? Oh gosh! So, uh, we, how, how do we make good radio out of this? I, I'm not sure how we make good radio out of this. I mean, we've got a couple lists of words that we kind of came up with. Um, I, what what what's a good what's a good place what's a good place to Let's start? Let's start with one of the most contra- one of the most controversial oh, terms. I think I know which one you're going um, for. That I think people that people bring up, and you'll hear a lot of out there um, for new listeners. And there's some seasoned people that'll hear this term and seem to have some confusion. This is not an ep- you could probably make an episode. On uh, this there term. are podcasts that have made an entire yeah. episode about this term. We're not going to do that. <laughs> We're just going to kind of tell you what it means and then what the misconceptions of the meaning are. And we'll move on to the next one. Not going to make a whole stink about it. We'll, um, make, we'll make half a stink. Half maybe. a stink. Um, neck Some pour. Neck pour. Yeah. All right. So when you hear neck pour, what do you think? Uh, what do I think? Well, uh, I think just those words, neck pour. You think the literally the whiskey in the neck of the bottle and saying that the whiskey in the neck of the bottle tastes different than the whiskey in the rest of the bottle, which is absurd, which is ridiculous and absurd. And I think that's people's biggest issue with the term neck pour. So the term neck pour means the when you when you uncork a bottle. For the very first time, you've taken the plastic off or the wax or whatever it may be, and that's sealing the cork. And then you take the cork out. That first bit of liquid can be, at times, ethanol heavy, and it can have a lot of concentrated um, fumes, flavor, good and bad, kind of built up in that first pour. And the bottle hasn't opened up yet, as we say, meaning oxygen essentially hasn't chemically done what it does got in the bottle and kind of muted right. or or exaggerated some of the flavors right and I, I to to dig a little further into what you're saying bobby said you know the first little bit that you pour off there we're talking about just the first time you open it up and taste it as opposed to you know a week later or whatever when you're drinking it again I don't think that there is any anyone that is saying literally the whiskey that is floating up in the neck of the bottle tastes any different than the whiskey that is floating Un- unfortunately down inside of the bottle. I think there are. Well, and, and so yeah, I think that's, that's where the, so yeah. I, I I and and that's where people get really really up in arms about using the term neck pour because I think they're hearing the overwhelm the 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 very loud people saying, nope, that little bit of whiskey up there is different so than that whiskey can, down there. Can we, let's back up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You're brand new to whiskey, which you may be. Thank you. Thank you for right? being here. Yeah. Wine. Let's use wine. You drink a half a bottle of wine. Wine and air don't go well together. Let's reduce that even more. Beer. You mm. open up a beer. I'm talking like a Budweiser. Sure. Right? You drink half of it. You set it down. You come back to it six hours later. It, that's it's awful it's gross right air and beer air and wine in a lot of ways not as aggressively some air and wine is good you aerate wine whatever doesn't really mix air and to a degree plays well with whiskey 
Sure. Not yeah. all the way. There's still a time factor. You still have so much before it loses some emphasis. And not always. Sometimes when you crack a bottle for the first time, it's fantastic from the beginning. But sometimes a little air plays well with the whiskey and helps bring some flavor notes out. There is this mentality and idea, ideology and I buy into, to be candid, where the first pour of some whiskeys is a little more aggressive and it needs some time to open or AKA breathe. Maybe I'll open a whiskey up for 15 minutes and let some air. Yeah. Or you're, you're having a party later on that night, you open it up midday, something like that. So, all right. So that's that one. And that's, I, I think we've dispelled as many arguments about it as we can. That, like, uh, if you have questions, just write us about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah just that's write a whole it. argument. And we'll tell you how we're how you're wrong. Um, next one, what do you got next? Uh, let's do let's do dram. Dram's next. dram's interesting. Yeah. So dram is a slang terminology and a unit of measurement. Right. So you'll hear a lot of people in the whiskey world say, "Let's pour a dram. Let's have a dram of whiskey," and um, it's just a term that means a pour a glass of whiskey and, you know, a pour of whiskey, a glass of whiskey, a dram of whiskey, all kind of go together. Technically, though, dram does have a meaning. And I a dram is... I think it's eighth of an ounce. It's yeah. like literally a drop of whiskey. It's enough to fill, to coat the bottom of the glass is essentially what it is. And it's a taste. It's a sip of whiskey. Um, and the idea was before you went out and did anything, whatever, you took just a sip. It was almost like if somebody said, have some, have a coffee and you're like, I'll have a drop. It's like saying that. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. You're not going to have a drop. You're going to have a glass. But the term actually does have a measurement. Yeah. It, it has, it, it does have that literal, that literal measurement of what a dram is. But we're talking about, you know, sort of slangs and colloquialisms. We, it, it has since been made to mean just like a, a pour. Let's talk about neat. Mm-hmm. The word neat. So you're ordering a whiskey at a restaurant and you want to sound like you know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. First off, don't say, can I get a whiskey? <laughs> I mean, you can. This isn't some generic movie. Yeah. I love how in movies, can I get a beer? beer. (laughs) Oh, you mean this beer, this random? You only have one choice? No. So. I hate that bar. And I get it in the movies. They can't say the name because they got to pay for it, but it just takes away from it. So you go into a bar, you know what I mean? You order a whiskey. You say, you know, can I get a McAllen? Something 15, whatever they have on tap. Order tap. (laughs) <laughs> McAllen 15 on tap. Just pull the lever. Get a box of McAllen. Yeah, get a box of, box of McAllen. Um, you order a McAllen um, and you say, I want it neat. That just means, typically, that means I want it with no, well, that means no ice. That means no additive. That just means straight pour of whiskey. You can elevate that. Now, they're probably going to pour you an ounce or half an ounce, or I mean two ounces. Mm-hmm. If, if you're lucky, they'll give you two ounces. They may give you one ounce depending on how cheap the place is. If you order neat and you throw in the term two fingers, that means you want two fingers width, which is typically two to ounces up, depending on the place. Yeah, I've had yeah, two yeah. I've had two ounces mean two fingers, and I've had depends on their glassware and stuff right. like that too. Um, so neat, you might also hear um, the term straight up. You know, it's it means the same thing. It yeah. just means straight, not, yeah. not diluted with anything, including no ice, ice no nothing. And we've had episodes about this before. 
And again, this episode's not necessarily for your experienced whiskey drinker. It's just to uh, it's just a fun thing for newcomers. But I've we've done episodes before where we talk about you know neat versus on ice or with a little water or whatever. I recommend you drink all whiskeys for the first time neat, just to get to hmm. experience what the distiller ex- expected and what they intended, and then from there add a little ice. Add some yeah, water, yeah. Just to well, and uh, what yeah. I what I always do to spin off that, I always do. I always try it neat for the first. Well, first I take I I'll take a a sip just to sort of like shock my palate, if you will, just to kind of like get get my whole mouth situation ready for you know actually experiencing it. And then I'll have it neat, and then I'll usually put a couple drops of water in, and then after that, usually I'll add ice. And I've found that in some cases, I do prefer a whiskey with a couple drops of water. Sometimes it opens up. There's some notes in it that you're not used to, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Water does do a lot for whiskey. So we're not, and I'm glad Aaron brought that up. We're not anti-water. I'm not even anti-ice. No. Yeah, I I have ice in my whiskey, and you can kick rocks if you if you tell me otherwise. So to speak. Pun intended. On the rocks. On the rocks. So what about that one? On the rocks. That just means over ice. Okay. So how you want it, what the, and a lot of times they'll just serve it like that in general, you know, um, on the rocks means you want it a little cold on sure. the rocks means the, you want the water. You're looking for the water to favorite, you know, to kind of edge it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm barbecuing and I don't want a beer, I'll have whiskey on the rocks. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It just, I won't tell anybody. No. I'll tell everybody. I, you just did. I'll scream at my neighbor. Everybody. I'm drinking my whiskey on the rocks. And they're your like, neighbor, I don't what? care. I don't even know your name, or know dude. who you are. What? Yeah. What do we got next? Um, expression. It's used to um, express the ingredients, the distillation process, um, possibly its age, the char on the barrel. It really defines so, the whiskey yeah. itself. So I would say I made a whiskey. And you will say, okay, Bobby, you made a whiskey. What kind of whiskey? And I'll say bourbon. You're like, okay, you made a bourbon. And then you may get into the term of what's the expression. And I may say, um, you know, well, this expression is a heavy weeded. This is my heavy weeded offering, you know, of the whiskey world. Or this is my, you know, specific char that I used. Or this is whatever variation, you know, variety that I've I've used to express this flavor based on certain product or certain um, utility. There are certain things I love every expression of it. There's little variations in it, but I love every expression of it. I we're not asking you to get to a position that you can tell the difference between, you know, I have the most recent Stag Junior. Mm. Um and we had it at our it was last year's release mm-hmm. actually. And that was one of my favorites and typically it wasn't everybody's favorite. Actually, no, no. I think a couple of years ago was like the one that everybody said, but for me, it was one of my favorites. We're not asking you to get to that point where yeah. you're you're like, you know, you can tell the difference. We're just we want you to understand what people are saying. Yep. But really just enjoy the whiskey. Yeah. Oh, Don't yeah. get too oh, bogged yeah. down by no, you no, know. No. Um okay, so let's speaking of that, tasting notes. So when you hear somebody say tasting notes, what are your tasting notes? So the most of the time uh when a a whiskey brand or a website or a reviewer is uh, discussing the tasting notes of a whiskey, they usually break it up into at least three parts. Um, The first part is usually the nose. 
which is basically what it smells like. You know, if, if, if you hear somebody talking about the nose of the whiskey, it, they're just literally just talking about what it smells like. Um, so, you know, somebody will say, I, I get notes of honey and vanilla and clove on the nose. I get pepper on the nose. That's all, all they're saying is that when they smell it, they are smelling those things. And when you are nosing, we'll go into that nosing, um, a whiskey, uh, I always recommend, you know, try each nostril, you know, your left nostril is going to perceive things differently than your right you have like nostril. A billion points of reference cells and the, i mean the biology is amazing in your nose i mean oh you, yeah we we take for granted what our nose can do and the reason nosing is so important i mean let's zoom out a little bit you know if you if you open the refrigerator and you take out a pack you know of meat or cheese and the first thing you you smell it's rancid you know not to eat it right right, right. your nose tells you a lot of things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. good and bad mm-hmm. So I think they say the science is 80% of what you smell is what you taste. And a right. lot of that's psychology, but your your brain telling you what you taste. But your nose plays a big role. So nose is important. Nosing, what Aaron's talking about, is very important. Don't skip that step, in my opinion. Oh, nose no, I agree. Very, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, if you if you do skip it, then you skipped it. But I, I would not. Uh, so then If pa- you skip it, you're gonna it's going to taste terrible. That's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, palate is usually the the next part and some 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 reviewers will break it down to even you know like mid palate end palate all, all this uh but palate is basically just how it tastes when it's in your mouth just literally the 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 different tastes and flavors and uh whatever you get uh while it's in your mouth sometimes that's where they start to talk about like the mouth feel the viscosity this one's a little more oily this one's a little more stringent certain flavors that stick yep yep so and that's and and that's really just uh the time the time that it's in your mouth on your tongue that you're thinking about it and tasting it and that's what that's what i would do when i'm when you when you're drinking whiskey and you're really trying to appreciate, let it let it just sit on your tongue for a little while, and really try to pick out notes um, that you can that you can really really wrap your head around. And if it's just one or two, great, you, you know you're doing a great job. If you're if you're starting out, uh, if go back and listen to if if you're having trouble with tasting notes or learning how to taste, I would recommend going back and listening to our episode with Peggy No Stevens. Um, she'll really lean into kind of what you what what you might want to be thinking about while you're tasting. So that's palate is while it's on your tongue. What's the finish? So finish is that lingering that lingering feel and we're looking for texture. So fat, oil, um, heat which is not a bad thing, or maybe it is a bad thing, depending, and flavor. So something that's lingering that kind of carries afterwards. And you'll use the term short or long. So that was a long finish. That was a short finish. So maybe you eat something that's super fatty, super oily, lots of flavor complexity to it, and then it just kind of lingers after the fact. Those are typically, in my opinion, the best because you can sit and think about them um, and kind of contemplate what you just tasted before you go into the next doesn't mean short finishes are bad. No. Um, just means there's more there's more flavor profile to think about. A lot of times so there's a there's a quick hip pocket, you know, quick draw tasting um, recommendation out there. It's the it's the sips sip, swirl, swallow, blow method. And essentially you're sipping 
you're swirling it in your mouth, coating your mouth, swallow, and then you're blowing out a little bit the ethanol because that's, um, unfortunately, whiskey has ethanol. Not unfortunately, I love it. And that kind of pushes out some of the ethanol. But what that's going to allow you to do is get to that whole process, the palate, the finish, whatever you got off the nose, you're going to taste, and then that finish, you want it to kind of carry out as long as possible. That's super complex. Aaron kind of hit the nail on the head. We have done episodes, specifically my favorite, the Peggy No episode, where we talked about how to taste. But that kind of walks you through how, but now you know what it means. Let's talk a little bit about some um, some terms that people are going to see, like, in Facebook groups. Like, when they're, when yeah. they're, if they're online, somebody, you know, puts up a, puts up a picture of something and asks people about people's recommendations or so whatever. Here, here's what's going to happen. Talk about you're going to get on. You're going to say, you know what? I want to get into whiskey. So the, there's two angles people go. They either a they just want a good whiskey. So they're going to ask. They're going to ask people like us. They're going to ask friends they know. What's a good whiskey I should jump into? Beautiful answer. Beautiful question. Um, ask or go to a local liquor store, somewhere you trust, and ask them. But then you're going to hear. You're going to you're going to think. Let me go into a group, a Facebook group or a group of people, and let me start doing my own, you know, um, research. And you're going to find these very specific whiskeys that are hard to find, but people elevate to a level um, of uh, of kind of better than's the 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 you the um, need to obtains. That term leads to what we call a unicorn, right? Typically hard to find. Rarely, rarely seen. Here's another term for you: in the wild. To kind of kill two birds there, um, in the wild means I've I found it in the wild. Mean out and about. I was out in the liquor store world. It means you didn't have to do any sort of shady, <laughs> yeah, back back alley dealing. Some unicorns or, you do. You have to. You know, a friend of a friend of a friend. He has it. You meet him. Yeah, or, you're, or you're friendly with your liquor store owner. Which, by the way, become friendly with your liquor store owner. If you're really, if you want to get. If you want to get in the, there's plenty. First off, let me back up. There are plenty of whiskeys to take that are amazing that you can get anywhere, anywhere, anytime. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking about terms, so the term unicorn infers something that's very difficult, difficult to find, difficult to obtain. Yep. And then in the wild means you found it. You just found it about, on a shelf. Right? You were just walking around. You found it on if the shelf. If you get into the world where you, you are no longer caring about the word unicorn and now you're finding a unicorn, now you better become friends with your local oh, yeah, liquor store. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, because that's the only way you're going to find one. Now, that being said, we were at an event and a friend of ours um, stumbled in back in the day. Remember when Henry McKenna uh, the 18, yeah, I think yeah. it was 18. Was it the 18 that was no, the, the 10? The 10. Yeah. No, the 10 year, but I mean 2018. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Was it the 2018 that won the whatever? That feels right. I might be wrong. Who cares? Um, anyway, so Henry McKenna a couple of years ago won an award and it became like this very difficult to find whiskey and everyone wanted it. Today, it's the same way, but you're, it's, it's a little still, it's easier still hard, to find. Hardish to find. Easier, yeah. but still difficult. She stumbles into a liquor store. She's not a whiskey person. She stumbles into a liquor store. She goes, I want something nice. I'm having some friends over. And the guy behind the counter said, you really want to try this Henry McKenna. This is what people are looking for. And just handed her a bottle. And she purchased it for 30 bucks and walked out the door. Right. Which is very difficult. That's never going to happen to you. But um, anyway, <laughs> I'm just saying there's a one off. But anyway. All right, cool. So let's move on. Uh, here's another one you're going to see in a Facebook group. Bin. B-I-N. 
Buy it now. Buy it now. Often referring to a unicorn in yeah. the wild. So if you see a bottle you find is interesting, you post it in the unicorn or in the um sorry the, uh, the you unicorn, po- unicorn group, yeah. group that yeah. you're in, which we all are. Yeah. You post it in the Facebook group. You show it to a friend, and a whiskey person will say Ben, and all that's is a slang for guy, girl. You better buy it now. That yeah. is hard to find. I can't find it anywhere. That price is on point. Buy it now. Right. The Yamakaze 12 year I found um, sitting on a shelf for 90 bucks, which mm-hmm. is normally 120 bucks if you can find it. It's so rare. It's stupid. I was in New Jersey. I took a picture of it. I knew it was amazing. I was going to buy it. I took a picture of it out of excitement on the shelf to two people, sent it to them. Both responded, Ben. Ben. Yeah. Ben. <laughs> buy it now. Buy it now. Uh, all right. Ooh, Infinity Bottle. That's a fun one. You know, I, I've never successfully done one of these. Me either. Let's I, it, talk about this thing we've never done. Yeah, I've started to think about it and just, I don't care to. So an infinity bottle is you taking remnants or small amount of leftover whiskey and pouring it into a decanter or a bottle. So maybe I have a little bit of Maker's Mark left. I have a little bit of, you know, Russell's left. I have a little bit of, you know, Bardstown left, whatever I have. And then I, instead of just dumping it or taking a shot of it, I pour it all into one bottle and make a blend of my own. That, some people write it down and they'll say, Mm -hmm. you know, one part this, one part that. They'd make a science of it. Some people just dump everything they have. There are entire... Facebook pages, Facebook groups, websites about making an infinity bottle, the best way to do it, what sort of bottle you should use, et cetera, et cetera. In its basest form, it is taking it is taking bits of multiple different whiskeys and putting them all in, into a bottle together and creating, just like you said, you're at a, a, a blend it's, of yours. I would I would can it to you know, you make a spaghetti sauce and you put the leftovers in a jar and then you make it again and you put those in a jar and then over time you have a full jar and you whatever. It's kind of the same idea. I have tasted pseudo infinity bottles, mm-hmm. meaning we've done our own blending. Yeah. And we've thrown leftovers into a jug and then at the and end of the day, the tasted yeah, that yeah. whatever batch and it was whatever. Um, I've tasted other people's infinity bottles. It's fun. It's nothing yeah, you can't yeah. do. It's just you basically taking your your almost empties and dumping them into a yeah, single Yeah, and bottle. some some people will do every time they open a bottle, they pour an ounce into they want to make their, their own blend. Bottle. Yeah. And then they the next bottle they have that they open, they pour an ounce into their infinity bottle. And some people literally they, you know, it's just literally just haphazard. Oh, my bottle's almost open. Let me dump a yeah. little bit in the infinity bottle. Yeah, like you have a Belveni and you're like, "You know what? I want to I want a little Belveni, a little Lafroig, a little whatever and you blend it together." Yeah, it's it's fun. You can have fun with it. So there's your infinity. Hey Chasers, Aaron here. I wanted to talk about our sponsor, Wilderness Trail Distillery. If you want a great whiskey without the fake legends and made-up history, try some Wilderness Trail Fine Kentucky Bourbon. It's made by master distiller Shane Baker and fermentation expert Pat Heist, who you've heard on the podcast, at their distillery in Danville, Kentucky. They make a weeded bourbon, a high rye bourbon, and a Kentucky-grown rye whiskey. Wilderness Trail is offered in bottled in bond or cask strength. It's non-chill filtered, and the mash bill is on the side of every bottle, so you know what you're buying. This is real information. 
Not some magical recipe or who Shane's great-great-grandpa is. I'm telling you, keep an eye out for Wilderness Trail in your favorite store. If you happen to see a barrel pick or special release of Wilderness Trail on the shelf at your store, grab it. It's not going to last long. If you want more information, check them out online at wildernesstraildistillery.com. Um, here's one, finished. Finished. Finished is, you'll see this, this expression is, you know, finished in rum barrels, finished in... Uh, sherry, see, uh, sherry finishes a lot, port finishes. Basically, what that means is that the whiskey, before the whiskey was bottled, I guess, is the best way to put it. At, at one point, it was taken from its original barrel. It was taken from its original barrel and put into a secondary barrel. So it was taken from its original barrel, put into a rum barrel, put into a port barrel, put into a sherry barrel, and they finished it for X amount of time. It's different. Um, some actually do complete aging in these other types of barrels. I, I, I try to think it. I try to think of it from a new, like new, 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 new whiskey person. Okay, how would you explain it? You're cooking food on the stove, mm-hmm. and you finish it in the oven. You're looking for that second. Oh layer, yeah, okay, right? yeah, yeah. You, you crisp up the top. You make you, a you basic. You make like a that. whiskey, and you think, let's do a different. Let's let's take this whiskey. It's been in a barrel for ten years. Uh, in a, a, you know, a new a, or used barrel or new barrel, whatever it may be. Let's finish it in something unique. Let's right. finish it in a rum barrel. Let's make, put it in a rum barrel for six meaning months. Meaning a rum. Be, meaning a barrel that you previously held rum. Right. Or previously held some type yes, of wine. Yes. Yeah, they're not putting it in in with the right. Yeah, so you take elements, remnants of that flavor, and you add it to your whiskey. That's all finish means. Yeah, Um, there's some great finishes. I think I brought up Belvini, the Caribbean cast. That's a that's a great one. Yep, yep. Angels Envy. Oh yeah, they're renowned. Pretty pretty big, pretty known for their um for their finishes. Yeah. So let's talk about what you're going to put your whiskey in. So put in whatever I want. Put in whatever you want. Your mouth, your face. So let's talk about your face. Yeah, All right. So you're going to hear face. people talk about face. Here's the and here's the whiskey nomenclature of your face. For your face. The Glencairn. So if you're new, <laughs> you have to say it like that. Glencairn. Glencairn. If you're new to whiskey, you're going to come into this world and you're going to see people in the world of whiskey holding a very specific glass with a very unique story. I highly recommend you listen to our episode with Marty Duffy, first season. Um, to learn about Glencairn. It's called Whiskey Crystal, that yeah. episode. Whiskey Crystal. Um, it's a, it's kind of a, it, it, it's almost a, no, not a novelty, because it's, a novelty is the wrong word. It's a small glass company that makes a very specific tulip glass, mm-hmm. tulip-shaped glass, and everybody is, so Glencairn's the brand of the glass. Correct. The type of glass, the style of the glass is simply a tulip-shaped glass, mm-hmm. and there's many out there. Um, but it's super unique, but it's the one that's mostly accepted by whiskey drinkers. Um, the Glencairn, in my opinion, is one of the better whiskey glasses to drink from. Yeah, Its shape absolutely. allows nosing. Remember, we yep. talked about nosing. To it, better nosing, better flavor profile, holding. There's so much, so much, so many reasons to drink from a Glencairn glass. Um, and that's a whole different show. We just want you to understand when you hear that, when you see it, it's that tulip-shaped glass. If you Google Glencairn, that's G-L-E-N-C-A-I-R-N, Glencairn glass, you'll see what I'm talking about, and you'll go, oh, I've seen that a hundred mm-hmm. times. Yeah, yeah. Now you know why people well, have our it. Our logo. Our logo is two Glencairn the, glasses. The cast is it? 
It is. Yeah. That's um, what I've heard. Yeah. I, we signed a thing that said we're all we're yeah, allowed yeah, yeah, to, yeah, I we think. Did. We love you, Glencairn. Yeah. Um, thanks, Marty. Yeah, thanks, Marty, and other people of the Glencairn company. Um, so that's Glencairn. So really short, sweet. Um, there's other kind of glasses you can use, rocks glasses or a.k.a. low ball glass. Mm-hmm. There's high ball glasses. Mm-hmm. There's um, left ball glasses, right co- ball glasses. Right Copitas, which is one of my favorite glasses you can I use. Very, uh, Glencairn makes a Copita. Glencairn makes a Copita. Um, so there's a lot of different glasses They're not even sponsoring us. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not. That's on you, Glencairn. So, That's right. Yeah. Uh, mash bill. Mash bill. That's the ingredients. That's all it is. It's literally all it is. How much corn, how much wheat, how much rye, the mash bill. So, you know, if it's a if it's a rye whiskey, you may have 51% rye, which if you've listened to any previous episodes, you know to be considered a bourbon or a rye or a wheat, you have a minimum of 51% um, of whatever that of whatever is. it is, yeah. unless it's corn, but it's a whole different conversation. Um so the mash bill means 51% rye, X amount percent of wheat, X amount percent of corn. Um, as long as it's a grain, that's the mash bill. It's just, it's those percentages, basically. Literally. How, how much of which grain is in, is went into ingredient. making that. Yep. That's right. Cool. Uh, ooh, secondary. Let's talk about secondary. Oh, that's a sketch term. So remember when we talked about before about unicorns? And yes. how hard they were to find. Yes. You can go to the secondary market, which is a CD. It's, like, it's like the dark web. <laughs> the secondary market. So there's an MSRP, a manufacturer suggested retail price on everything. So let's talk about the Buffalo Trace Company. Yeah. Let's pick on them a little bit. Specifically, the Pappy Van Winkle. Let's pick on them a little bit. Yeah. Which comes from Buffalo Trace. Um, Who so, we're picking on a little bit. Right. So Pappy Van Winkle, if you know whiskey, you've heard of Pappy Van Winkle. It's very difficult to find. Um, it's MSRP. So let's say the 12 or the 15-year. 15 15-year 15 Pappy Van Winkle, I think. I want to say, what is its MSRP? Like, 70 bucks, ballpark, maybe the 80. Fi- the 50, uh, under 100. Under 100, yeah. right. Okay, let's just, for the sake of argument, let's say it's under 100 bucks. I don't really know it's what like it is anymore because, yeah, who cares? <laughs> it's a billion dollars if you want to find it in real life. So its actual price point is, let's say, 60 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever. Reasonable, go out here, get yourself one. You'll never find it for that price. No, the no. secondary. Unless you're friends with your liquor store owner. Which, and even then, you better be. And even then, you need to be friends. really good friends with and your liquor he store needs, owner. He or she needs to be really good friends with somebody um, to get a Pappy. Um, but anyway, so the secondary the secondary pricing on a Pappy Van Winkle, 15 year, for example, mm-hmm. is $1,000, 2000 3000 Lots of money second uh, you'll you'll hear people call it the secondary market also um so you'll see secondary you'll see secondary market um but yeah it's just it's it also implies to maybe back um back alley markets sure so buying it off of a um not reputable resource mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. some person or some company that's selling it kind of in the back alleys of yep. things that happens that exists in the whiskey world wink yep. wink nod nod um and you're gonna pay Way a more. A lot. A whole lot. As whiskey fans, which Aaron and I are, I can tell you with honesty and pride, I've never paid secondary for anything, and I won't. Um, I just won't. I won't do it. I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't like it. And I've, I, I think you and I are both fortunate enough to have enough friends that like us that we can get to taste a lot of these things that are usually only available on secondary. There's a caveat to that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
A, for you listeners that may want the Blantons, that may really want the Pappies, that may really want whatever it may be, and you can't get trans on it, so you're willing to pay the exorbitant price, the the stupid price for whatever it may be. There are better, there are good whiskeys out there that that are at your local liquor store, Mm -hmm. first off. Mm -hmm. Second, the caveat is we have technically paid stupid prices for things because if there's a whiskey that I haven't had before that I want to have, I'll go to a local bar or a restaurant. Sure. And I'll pay the $35 a glass. Which is better than paying the $3,000 for the bottle or whatever. Yeah. Here's what happens. You buy that $1,000 bottle, which I've luckily have had. We um, Let's use example the Rip Van Winkle, Mm -hmm. which I've seen go for $1,000. Ridiculous. Um, I was gifted a bottle Mm -hmm. for free. And would you say it's a thousand dollar bottle? Absolutely not. Would you say it's a hundred dollar bottle? No. Would you say it's sixty? Maybe sixty. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, maybe sixty. But I've had thirty dollar bottles that I like more than I liked it. Yeah. So they're exceptional thirty dollar bottles. Would you pay more than a hundred dollars for the basic? Blends? I would not pay more than. I wouldn't pay more than sixty dollars for the basic no, plans. No. Fifty no. bucks. I'd pay fifty. Fifty. I'd pay fifty to fifty to fifty seven dollars. And if you listen to plans. our episode, you trust our. And palettes. it's not a bad whiskey. It's a good. It's a, it's it's a very good whiskey. It's a good but whiskey. I'm not paying a hundred dollars for it. But you're ridiculous if you pay more. You're silly. There's better whiskeys. There's better. Unless. If it's if it's worth it to you, it's worth it to you. But as an experience, I ain't doing it. Yeah. What else we got? Let's do like three, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight more. Let's do. <laughs> so we we talked about Buffalo Trace. You may hear the word weeder. Mm, yeah. That's a fun one. Yeah. It's simple. That just means a, a weeded bourbon, a weeded bourbon, or a high wheat whiskey yeah. in general. Yeah. A weeder. Yeah. So. uh Generally speaking, in a bourbon specifically, uh, you have and there's lots of rules to bourbon, but it needs to be 51% corn in the mash bill, which now you know what a mash bill is. Um, and usually, the secondary grain uh, used in a bourbon is going to be rye. Uh, if something is referred to as a weeder, like a, a bourbon that is a weeder, um, it is a weeded bourbon, and a weeded bourbon. Uh, just means that the secondary uh, the secondary grain in it is wheat instead of rye. That's all that all that's all it means. So fifty one percent corn, and then you know twenty percent twenty per twenty seven percent wheat, and then the rest is rye. Yeah, drink what you like. There's or great whatever. stuff out there. Um, one last you know Uber slang term I'll use is called a tater. You may hear that. The word tater, it just means somebody that perpetuates that hype that, you know, Blanton's got famous because of the bottle shape. It was on the movie John Wick. It's 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 a decent whiskey. It's nothing to be crazed about, um, in my opinion. Um, it is a single barrel, which some people get caught up in, but it is what it is. Single barrel just means it comes from one barrel. Um as the name you know suggests, um, don't be a tater. Don't get up in the hype. Just enjoy whiskey. Try what's on your shelf first. If you if you go to your liquor store and you haven't had everything they have to offer, you probably, in my opinion, shouldn't be looking for secondary. Now you know what that word means. As we close, you want to fire off some little terms that are easy. I'll start. Just sure. quick shoot, fi- quick from the hip. Sure, um, go ahead. ABV. ABV yeah. is alcohol um, by volume. So let's say a whiskey is 40 ABV. That means if you double that, you got an 80 proof whiskey. It also means it's 40% alcohol by volume. That's what I said. That's what I said. That is what you said. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, this is this is one that you, you had brought up, but I'm going to bring it up. Honey hole. <laughs> 
Um, it is the it, it's the place you go back to that you know is always going to have good whiskey, good selection, a choice good whatever. Liquor yeah, store. a really good liquor store that you know you can all, even if it, even if you don't go, find what you're looking for, you're going to find something super quality there. That's why you hear on our show if you're listeners, you hear us promote these honey holes, uh, Hocas and uh, liquors. Um, if you're in a Delaware, Hocas and wine and spirits, wine and spirits. If you're in Delaware, um, Tim's Liquor, which is also Delaware, mm-hmm. um, Beards Hill, which is Fantastic. in Aberdeen, Maryland. Fantastic. Um, And we we encourage everybody that comes on our show to kind of bring up their little honey hole based on where they live and everything else like that. So, yeah, that's a good one. Um, We talked about finish. What else do we – quick some single malt, one distillery, one grain. Easy. Yep. Yep. Um, Bourbon. Bourbon just simply it doesn't have to be from uh, from Kentucky. We've talked right. about that before. And there's a litany of rules about it, but bourbon does not have to. Other legally, episodes on that. Legally, yeah. bourbon does not have to come from Kentucky. Right. Rye whiskey speaks for itself. Yep. Corn whiskey, if you can't figure out what those mean. Right. Well, there's, well, there's all of those have super legalities Google, to them yeah, now. But, um, um, no, I think I think we we done a good job. We said we said a good chunk of I things. I think we helped a newcomer to whiskey. We gave them like a little booklet to kind of help them enter the room. Yeah. And now they can start having valid conversations. Yeah. And ho- hopefully between between this one and our recent Back to Basics episode, um, a lot of our you know newer listeners can sort of not maybe hopefully not feel as overwhelmed as maybe they did. Maybe people that, you know, are a little more experienced know a few more terms that maybe they didn't before That's I, all I, we're I, I mean to. the last one we did when we were pulling stuff out of a hat there were two or three that i didn't know mm-hmm. but you know i i know enough that i could say i assume it's this this episode was for that reason yeah um and you know what if you have questions if you have concerns if you have you want answers you want to challenge us um you can always reach out to us via email yeah uh, uh podcast at castchasers.org you can go to our instagram uh, yeah, that is at Cask Chasers. Facebook page. That is at Cask Chasers. Or website. That is caskchasers.org. That's it. That's the only places you can find us. That's Tweet, it. You, uh, Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> I'm 90 Twitter. years old. You, uh, can go, Twitter. you can You can look, you can find us on the tweet, on the, on tweet, the, tweet the tweet is machines. And that is also at Cask Chaser. We were actually very specific and very lucky. Um, that we were able to on more or less all platforms uh, for social media get just at cask chasers. We didn't have to put any dots or underscores or dashes or anything like that. Um, so if if you're trying to find us on a social media outlet, it's probably at cask chasers. Very good. Boom. All right, cast chasers. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. In the meantime, until next week, make sure you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at cast chasers. You can also join our Facebook group. Don't forget to check out our website, which is castchasers.org for show notes, cast chasers swag, and more. And please, if you like what you hear, subscribe to us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's it for now. And until next time, remember, it's not about finding the perfect dram. It's all in the chase. So finished is when you... <laughs> There's our commercial break. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
Finished. Here's, finished. <laughs> Here's one. Finished. <laughs> Here's one.